This is the Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford podcast. Welcome, Foodpreneurs, to episode number 34. This is the final episode of the third season. This podcast, which I launched in February, has done exceptionally well with more than 5,000 downloads. So thank you. Thank you for your support. It really means a lot to me because I know how busy you are. And every episode I do, episode I do, I make it my mission to give you the best of my 30 years in the industry as a former big food sales director and an award-winning food business coach. I like to make the episodes helpful, implementable, and transformative. So now as we wrap up quarter three and bring the full year home in quarter four, it's time to make your money. It's this season that foodpreneurs make most of their money that carry them through the full year. So for the next 12 weeks, you've got to go hard and focus on driving velocity. And don't think it's not the time for new stockist wins. It is. If anyone tells you otherwise, they've never sold into accounts like I have. So some of my biggest opportunities really have come around the Christmas and New Year period with one expression of interest coming in just before Christmas and was due the week after New Year's Eve. So let's do this. This episode of Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford is brought to you by Money for Jam, my free masterclass helping you stand out from the crowd and land more wholesale accounts. It helped so many of you the last time I ran it. I'll be hosting it again the week commencing 10th of October. Find the link in the show notes for the details and to save your place. Hi, I'm Chelsea Ford, award-winning food and drink business expert, head coach of the acclaimed program for women, Foodpreneurs Formula, and your host for this, the Foodpreneur Podcast. If you're a packaged food and drink business owner, tune in with me each week because I'm going to help you land more accounts, get in more consumer baskets, and help you put more money in your pocket for every product you sell. In each episode, I'm going to tap into my 30 years of experience leading sales, marketing, and finance teams for big and small food and drink brands to give you coaching tips that will help you take your packaged food or drink business to new heights. I know what works and I know what doesn't. So I'm going to share with you industry tools and insider knowledge that are next to impossible for small businesses to access. And from time to time, I'll dive into my little black book to bring you interviews with hard to reach specialists who will help solve those pesky industry specific problems like distribution that I know you've been losing way too much sleep over. So roll up your sleeves, foodpreneurs, because you're about to enter a no-fluff zone. I'm bringing my A-game so you can reach yours. No matter where you are, whether it's in your kitchen, coordinating your deliveries, or on your way to a buyer meeting, listen up, because we're about to set the path for you to secure your next best stockist, increase your sales, and put more money in your pocket. This is the Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford podcast. As we hightail it out of quarter three and into four, we're looking down the barrel of your full year results. 75% of foodpreneurs make most of their full year revenue in quarter four. So there's pressure to make it work. Before I help you do that, let's get you reviewing the last 12 weeks. 
And why do I want you to do that? Because what you measure matters and you're going to measure how you went and you matter. Oh, God, I'm I'm so crap at jokes. But seriously, here's a list of what I'd expect you to be measuring and at what intervals. Every month, your profit and loss statement for your business. Every week, your sales orders, both number of orders and average value. Every month, your days of sales outstanding or DSO. This is the time it takes stockers to pay you. You need to keep on top of that one. And if you have big stockists, I'd also create a PL for them individually and measure that every month or if they're really big, more often. Because if you're like most businesses, the Pareto principle applies. And you remember what that is. That's you make 80% of your whatever, your revenue in this case, from 20% of your stockists. So what about if one of your stockists starts to act funny and ultimately goes out of business? Your sales revenue and stock rotation or demand on inventory is absolutely in jeopardy, right? In raw numbers, this could be like, say this, uh, 100 customers and your annual revenue is 100,000. I like to keep my maths calculations easy. So 80,000 is derived from your top stockists and one of them is worth half of that, say 40,000. So if that one big stockist who writes $40,000 worth of sales with you per annum and your total revenue is $100,000 goes bust, you're now down to $60,000. I just saw this with a London-based distributor whose business went belly up and dozens and dozens of foodpreneurs are unlikely to get reimbursed for invoices outstanding and stock not returned. If my old boss at Kellogg heard about this 40% loss, he'd say that's a fair chunk of change, Chelsea. He was and is a great knockabout Aussie bloke, and he's right. Any loss hurts. And don't assume that the bigger the business, the safer you are. The distributor in London was a significant one. And that's why for big stockers or any account that represents a lot of your sales, I'd be monitoring them tightly and the way I do that is by building out an account P&L for them, for for me but on their business. I give my Foodpreneurs Formula members a food-based P&L as soon as they join my program. If you don't have one, get a template from someone, check you have all the typical expense lines in it associated with food and drink and make sure you measure your COGS and your total expenses as a percentage of revenue. That's my hot tip. And I do that because reading raw numbers is ultimately not that helpful. It's in the percentage variation, you know, either up or down, the changes that you'll notice any problems arising. The mistake I see foodpreneurs make, especially in quarter three, is being complacent. There's no pressure, unlike quarter one, when most people are excited for the new year. I call this the bikini body time of year. Even if it's not summer where you are or you're wearing bikini, uh, everyone is excited and setting goals, like losing weight to fit into their bikinis. 
hence my terminology. Uh, and it's not like quarter four when the finish line of the end of the calendar year is in sight. Landing more accounts, getting your product into more consumers' hands and putting more money in your pocket is, I'm here to tell you, a 365-day, 52-week job. Do not take your foot off the accelerator, but just do it smart. As you'll find out in a moment, there's a lot of holidays competing with your precious buyer's attention in quarter four. So making most of your revenue in quarter four is a business risk. Start to learn how to even out the peaks and the troughs because there's nothing more unnerving than having all your sales eggs in the basket of one quarter. You know it. I know it. Consistency is the key to your success as a foodpreneur. Tired of hearing wholesale buyers say we have lines like yours that we already stock. We want to sell through those before considering bringing on a new supplier. Just need a buyer to say yes so you land more wholesale accounts and get your product into more consumers' hands. Want a pitching formula that incorporates how your product tastes but goes well beyond that to show how distinctive your offer is, even if your product is comparable to others? Getting your product on more shelves, into more consumers' hands, and putting more money in your pocket for every food and drink product you sell is not easy, especially if you don't have a winning sales pitch framework to follow. Success is easier once you know the precise framework to follow that will engage a wholesale buyer to say yes. Join me, Chelsea Ford, food and drink industry expert, award-winning food business coach and former big food sales director for my free masterclass, Money for Jam. You'll learn what to include in an irresistible sales pitch, even if you're pitching to a wholesale buyer that you've never spoken to before. How to get your messages returned from a busy buyer and what to say that cuts through the noise of the competitive marketplace. And how to communicate the value that a wholesale buyer cares about so you get stocked more widely, even if your product is comparable to others. Learn how to stand out from the crowd and land more wholesale accounts. Click the link in the show notes or go to femalesinfood.com and save your place. I'm delivering the class live and places are limited. There will be no replays. So if you want the framework and the bonus pricing workbook, you must attend the live session. Let's now look at quarter four and what you need to be doing. In quarter four, your focus needs to be on winning new stockists or trying to increase velocity in existing accounts. It's a fallacy if you think you cannot win accounts in Q4 because someone said buyers are unavailable and preoccupied with preparing for holidays, etc. It's just, it's just not true and it's a cop-out. It doesn't matter what your baseline looks like, but you keep selling. If you are new to wholesale and do not have accounts, then you spend your time on the road and on the phone pitching. You do not give up and do not listen to anyone who says grocery buyers are too busy in Q4. Of course, some may be, but many are looking for product for the new year and quarter one, 2023. 
And besides, it does depend on what sales channel that you're in and um, sub-sales channel. You know, the smaller um, grocers will still be buying uh, and still be stocky. Uh, And besides, you know, quarter four starts in October and you've got that whole month really to go hard before things start to get super busy and holiday mode-ish, extra holiday mode-ish. So if you have your pitch worked out, you know your points of distinction or you have a product specifically for the holiday season, just go for it. If you are not sure what your points of distinction are, then register for Money for Jam. Uh, my free masterclass, because I'll be teaching you my tried and tested six-pillar framework to use to identify your distinctiveness according to what wholesale buyers want to hear. If you already have wholesale accounts, then you should spend your time on the road and on the phone asking for reorders, referrals, imagine that, and when you can book in to do demos, sampling, and tastings. You know, pick your timing. Um, and I would suggest that you look at what you learned from Q3 and improve upon it. Uh, and on that note, I asked my members yesterday as part of their bi-weekly accountability what their sales balance and focus will be for Q4. Will it be more heavily weighted to winning new stockers or trying to increase velocity in existing accounts? This is what three of um, the group I got lots of responses, but I've just chosen three for you now to illustrate and give you some inspiration. Uh, This is from a woman who makes baking mixes. Velocity for me, Chelsea, I feel like a lot of retailers are now focused on getting through the Q4 madness, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas, New Year, et cetera, and new suppliers are less likely to be top of mind, unless you have products or offers that are specifically targeted at these events. Although I will also be reaching out to some of my wish list suppliers, larger retailers, as Q4 is also usually planning for 2023. Exactly. (laughs) My point, exactly. Um, Secondly, this is from a woman who makes hot sauce and meat rubs. Right now in preparation for Q4, it's picking up some new stockists, then it will be all about increasing velocity. Velocity. And the third one, and this is from a woman who makes kombucha, definitely velocity to existing accounts. So that gives you a taste of what they're doing as they scale their business and align their activities with their four-year goals. Hope that gave you some ideas. As I said, Most foodpreneurs make 75% of their full-year revenue in Q4. So my question to you is, what insights can you get from your previous experiences, perhaps even from Q4 2021? That will help you go even bigger in Q4 2022. So take a look at your stockists' ordering patterns, your most popular SKUs, when your stockists tend to increase or start to reduce their orders, and I'd also look at what your options are for preparing for quarter one, 2023, but in this quarter. The answers will give you an idea on how to prepare and what action you should take in Q4. Let's just start with this simple reminder, though. The more you pitch to the right targets at the right time, 
the more wins you'll have. The same can be said for the number of no's that you get. You increase the number of times you put yourself in front of a buyer. Of course, the wins and the losses increase. That's pure maths, but you've got to be in it to win it. And as you get stronger at identifying the right fit for your product, understanding the timings, your wins will increase. What I want you to do is become the channel expert and become an expert in your business and the businesses that you're selling into. You know, that's the way that you add value when you're a salesperson or when you're not a salesperson, but you need to be. So talking about timings, these are some key dates for the US, UK and Australia for the next 12 weeks to help with your sales planning and scheduling. The federal public holidays in October are Columbus Day, Bank Holiday and Labor Day. And Halloween is at the end of October too. Uh, The federal public holidays in November are Veterans Day and Thanksgiving. And the big shopping days are Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Then in December, the federal public holidays, uh, well, not everybody has Boxing Day off, but Christmas Day um, across those three uh, geographical regions. Uh, only then to be closely followed by New Year's celebrations. So do you need to account for these dates in your supply chain? If you plan further out, think how much the Lunar New Year can affect your supply. That falls early next year on Sunday, 22nd of January. Traditionally, celebrations of the Lunar New Year last 16 days from the Lunar New Year's Eve to the Lantern Festival. So if this is something that will affect your supply chain, best to plan for it as it's so close after the Gregorian calendar New Year time next year. And that also tends to be when many businesses have a downtime, including printers, co-packers and distributor sales staff. Does your product suit a celebratory day? If so, have you got your special occasion marketing messaging worked out? What about your product offer, your stockist target list? All of these occasions should be outlined on your annual marketing and finance calendars so you can prepare well in advance for your ingredient and packaging supplies, writing your marketing messages and forecasting your cash flow. I mentioned cash flow because if you're gearing up to sell a lot of stock during this period, you most likely need to buy inventory well in advance but may not be paid uh, for weeks, possibly months after you've incurred the expense. So plan for that. Your finance calendar, and this is something I teach in my advanced program when I'm coaching foodpreneurs how to make more money, should include the set schedule of when you write or review your budget, your profit and loss statement and cash flow forecast. And you could also put on there your sales call schedule or your inventory management. Whatever is on your calendar calendar is what you'll measure. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you found today's insights valuable and learned something that you will implement in your food and drink business right away. 
I'd like to ask you now to help me help more female foodpreneurs put more money in their pocket by giving me an honest rating. Five stars would be lovely, but that's up to you. Write a review and subscribe to this podcast on your platform of choice. The more you tell me what you like and the more momentum builds for Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford, the easier it will be for me to help women with packaged food and drink brands have more choice on how they can invest in their business, freedom to spend more time with their loved ones, and joy as they help even more people on their food journey. So thank you for taking a moment to do that and see you next week for another episode of Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford. Mm -hmm.